Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good friend and co-host Doug McCary. SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministries and its mission is to equip and encourage men to walk out the truths found in Scripture. Over the last three weeks, we've been highlighting the gospel and referencing Dr. John MacArthur's book, The Gospel According to Jesus. We have looked at God's plan which is that man was created for a personal, intimate, and dependent relationship with God. We've looked at man's problem, yes, which is Yes, that is thunder sin. you hear in yeah, the background. I was going to say, is that... <laughs> anyway, we've looked at man's problem, which is uh, sin, the curse, and ultimately separation from God. We've looked at God's provision, his solution, that God provided Christ as our payment for sin, the sacrificial lamb that Isaiah spoke of. And this week, we've been looking at man's response, man's response, which must be repentance. Monday, Doug and I talked about what it looks like when Jesus calls us to repentance. Yesterday, we looked at Jesus' illustration of repentance, what it is and what it isn't. And today, we're going to look at Jesus' reminder that we all need to repent. Doug, Douglas, what did your mama call you? When you well, were in trouble, if you... I was in trouble, it was James Douglas. Was it really? I was. Yeah. I was going to say. I was going to call you Douglas. Douglas. That sounds good, man. Well, How you doing, man? I, I'm good. I I've been concerned about people in Jackson, Mississippi. They're they're struggling right now with drinking water, uh, and it's making national news. President Biden just signed a emergency uh, uh, declaration. You know, giving them. Wow, that is some loud thunder out there. We're getting some pretty good storms ourselves here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. But uh, they apparently since July, they've been boiling water there. And uh, they've had issues, and especially people live along the Pearl River. And so we need to remember uh, residents from the Jackson, Mississippi area. They're having to travel to find clean water. They can't. The governor was on earlier, said they can't flush, they can't put out fires. They have really issues with water pressure in the city because apparently they've had all this flooding and then their treatment plants got contaminated. And um, the Salvation Army and Walmart are now partnering to bring bottled water there to help them. But they they have some real issues. So lift up those people in Jackson, Mississippi. Anything going on over in Meridian? Um, You know, I think they're probably due for some bad weather right now too um uh over in uh, meridian uh actually it's it's about 92 over there right now and fair i just looked it up but uh partly cloudy man not like here getting some good boomers well i was gonna say if you're listening in you you may be hearing some rumbling i I, boy i barely missed it i mean it was i could see it as i was coming into the studio it's just running in but uh, yeah. yeah, you know we've had a lot of wet. We've had a lot of bad weather this summer. Uh, no, no hurricanes yet. Um, yes. But we've had a lot of rain. Had yeah, a lot of rain. We have. And for those people that live in the Jacksonville area, please be careful out there. Um, I don't know what it is when when we get rain here. People drive like they've never driven before in their life. And uh, folks, just a quick reminder: if you're driving down the highway and it's raining. 
you are not supposed to turn your flashers on. Your emergency flashers are not when it's rain, uh, when it's raining. And and I've seen more and more people doing that when it starts raining real hard. Why? Uh, why? Is it because they stop? Well, they, I guess so <laughs> people can see them. And no, they don't right. stop. They just turn their flashers on as they're driving. You're not supposed to do that. One other little pet peeve. If you are driving in a four-lane highway, and this is whether you're in Mississippi, well, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Mississippi and, and Virginia, but I know in Florida you are not supposed to be in the left lane unless you were passing. <laughs> I, it cracks me up. People will just get in that <sighs> lane and cruise, and it's what bogs down traffic. Hey, who, who would have ever thought you would tune into SWAT radio and get some driving instructions? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> hey, let me let me add to that. One of the things that we've started to get here, at least in Northeast Florida, and I'm sure there are other places around the country who may be listening to us as if this is something new, but we've all of a sudden started getting these roundabouts. You know what a roundabout is? I do. <clears throat> As my wife likes to say, it means you go roundabout. You yes. don't stop in the middle of a roundabout. Okay? <laughs> when you get into the roundabout, you keep going. But for some reason, people think, oh, oh there's a car there. I'll well, stop. But what it is <laughs> is people are looking at their GPS. Their GPS takes a second to calibrate, <laughs> and they're trying to figure out, do I turn it this one or is it the next is one? Is it the first one, the second, third, yeah. fourth, whatever it is? Can you yeah. imagine what we used to do without GPSs? How people, hey, listen, go down there, go the roundabout, take your second right, go down right. three blocks and turn left. <laughs> but we've got well, Life that. was a lot simpler, wasn't it? It was yeah. a lot simpler. Hey, hey I, I know. I oh, Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just going to say, uh, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev died that yesterday. He died, yeah. And I... You know, I made a lot of trips over to Russia over the years, and what was interesting is the people in Russia really saw him as a villain, that as to the demise of the Soviet Union. Uh, only eight percent, according to one poll back in seventeen, saw him as a positive uh, figure. Uh, more than sixty said they hated him. Now, think about that. Uh, because a lot of the Russians kind of look at Putin and think that the collapse of the Soviet Union was the greatest catastrophe in this century. Mm. The collapse of that of when, the it, when the wall came down, mm -hmm. and they hold him responsible. Yeah, Mikhail. Mikhail Gorbachev. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which may be true. Yes. Um, and and but, although, get this, <clears throat> now Putin... They, they, ninety uh, percent of the people think Putin is doing a good job. They like oh, yeah. him. They like a strong leader, uh, and about seventy percent believe that Russia is on the right track. Hmm. Um, so interesting. Yeah, interesting. I, you know, we we always looked at Gorbachev as a good guy because in the West he was. But, yeah, he was. Um, he, he was pro capitalist. Yes, <clears throat> but. Um, uh, um, but one guy said that all Gorbachev's reforms to zero to ashes to smoke. Um, uh, he, he said when Gorbachev left, there were 4,000 NATO rapid reaction forces in Europe. 4,000. Now there's going to be 300,000 by the end of next year. Wow. So uh, that, that makes them nervous, obviously, mm -hmm. and they see that as a demise. And yeah. I, I just thought, I thought about the Bible verse that said God raises up leaders. He puts yeah. leaders 
at different times, yeah. good, bad, right. and different. Yeah. And, um, you know, I good, good reminder for us too. I don't know that he ever professed faith in Christ. <clears throat> um, I hope he did. I hope if you're listening and you haven't really had faith in Christ, not just profess it, but have it, possess it, possess it, that maybe in listening today to us talk about this whole issue of repentance, um, it, it will be something that will cause you to pause and think about your relationship to the one true living God. You know, Brad, I was reading, uh, speaking of uh, repentance, uh, of an ex-transgender teen. She's 15 years old. Um, and she's already an ex-transgender. Well, well, actually, she's 18 now. I'm sorry. She's 18 now. She started the process when mm. she was 15. She had her breast removed because doctors romanticized her gender journey. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and her parents were guilted in. This is what she said. These are her words, not mine. Her parents were guilted in. And she said, I was convinced it would make me happy. Yeah. And um, she said, I feel let down by most of the adults in my life. Even though I don't blame my parents, they just followed the school staff, the medical professionals, and all these people that affirmed her social transitioning, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, all that stuff. And now she regrets what she did three years later. Mm-hmm. And she made this statement that I thought was she's, a, she's one of the growing number of detransitioners uh, who reject what they did and they're repentant of that but she said you know i think it's dangerous for families across the u.s um uh, this whole idea of transgenderism uh, with their kids and she says you know everybody i've met that is in that realm usually uh they they come from families where they've been abused not that not that it's that way for everybody but she said uh, a lot of them have deep emotional scars, and they just fall victim yeah. to this. They're mm-hmm. kind of sucked into it, and that's just sad, isn't it? It really is. I know I, I recommend a lot of books here. Uh, uh, my wife and I read a book in the springtime. It's called When Harry Became Sally. Great book. I highly recommend it. It is not a Christian book, but it certainly helps you kind of get your mind around how these kids get trapped into the confusion because these they are affirmed in this stuff mm-hmm. you know it, it's can you imagine one of your grandkids or, yeah. or something saying you know i just feel like a girl mm-hmm. and then and then just allowing them to do what feels right mm-hmm. sounds yeah. sounds familiar in the past right yeah and it's just sad for me because here this young lady is um she said, it, it just felt like propaganda, all these people using this term gender-affirming care mm-hmm. and like that. It's kind of selling us a product. That's what she said. Yeah. And so um, parents, grandparents, family, friends, be people who speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. And don't be cowered into affirming gender dysphoria and going against God's design out there. Amen. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. We're glad to be live on the air today. We'd love to hear from you. We'll take your calls during our final segment at 
844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email at ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we dive into our text. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We've been discussing biblical repentance this week, and today we're going to focus on Jesus' reminder that all need to repent. So Mm. let's jump in it, Doug. Uh, Yeah, looking at uh, today, um, uh, Luke 13. But just as a quick review, Brad, kind of going back to the very beginning, this is really when we share the gospel the good news with people, you know, we don't start with ourselves. We don't start with even the listener. We start, I mean, we obviously want to to, to get to know them. We want to love them. We want them to sense that we love them. But we start in sharing with them God's purpose, which is mm-hmm. what? That dependent relationship that God created us for where we honor him and we put him on display by being his people and uh, the problem is we choose to be self-led instead of Mm god-led we choose to be self-righteous thinking we're not that bad and comparing ourselves to others instead of comparing ourselves to his standards or i'm gonna i'm gonna get there by my works my good yeah i'm I'm, I'm, you know I, i can be good enough i'm not that bad of a person and uh oh brad that's just uh that's a weather weather alert <laughs> but we uh we in we we honor and glorify him but yet because of our selfish behavior our self-led lives the fact that we want to be ruler in our own lives um he condemns us to eternal 
separation from him, eternal judgment. We People uh, in the Bible refer to it as hell. Christ referred to it as hell. And, you know, Romans 3.23 says all have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. 6.23 said the wages of that sin is death. And so that's our problem. Well, his provision, which you and David covered so good last week, is because of God's love, he sent his son Jesus as our rescuer. Uh, His life was perfect. He matched up with all the prophecies that were told about the Messiah. He was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. And he's going to continue to be the Messiah that was prophesied in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, all those books. And Romans 5 says, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And that's God's provision for us. Well, the only thing left for people when they hear about God's purpose and our problem and then his provision for our problem is our response. What do we do with that? And so this week we've been looking at this idea of repentance, turning from trusting in ourself, in our own righteousness, or anything really other than Jesus to be um, our Lord and our Savior and the only bridge that can bridge the gap between us and God. And so Luke 13 today, as we look at this passage, is there's some people there who were talking to Jesus about people killed by Pilate. And in Luke 13, Luke is um, mentioning this. And there was a time where Pilate appropriated money from the temple treasury to help finance a aqueduct that he was building. So he took money from the temple, mm-hmm. which is what? That's God's money right. he took to go build a um, aqueduct. Well, there was a large crowd of angry Jews, obviously, that were protesting. And so Pilate had soldiers who were in civilian clothes out there mingle with them and using concealed weapons, they killed them, people. And so this story spread, and uh, a lot of people think that this is what Luke is talking about when the question is asked. So read the passage, and let's just talk a little bit about what, what is the purpose of this being in the Bible? Why is this passage here? What does it mean for us practically? It's good. Uh, we're Again, Luke 13, we're going to look at verses 1 through 9. There were some present at the very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? Mm-hmm. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the Tower of Shalom fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? Mm -hmm. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Verse 6, And he told this parable, A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I found none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then 
it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. So may God bless the reading of his word. And and so Luke is bringing out in this text that there were people there who were trying to get Jesus pulled into the political struggle. Do you, do you think we struggle with that here in this country? You uh, think? Uh, but Jesus took it to a whole different level. And instead of talking about Pilate and how bad Pilate was in doing that, he dealt with their sin and all right. people's sin. He right. said, listen, if you don't repent, uh, you know, uh, uh, you're going to perish just like they will. Right. Uh, and, you know, in their minds, I'm sure they were sitting there going, wow, because they're, they're saying, was this judgment from God on mm-hmm. those people? And he made it clear that bad things are going to happen in our world, and it's not always divine judgment from God. It's not divine punishment. And a lot of times what we do as people when something bad happens, well, that was God taking care of people. It could be, uh, but, you know, you look at Job's life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Job's friends certainly attributed his uh, uh, hardships to God's judgment on him, and God said, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. You're wrong. You better get him to pray for you i'm going to strike you down right right uh so we tend to want to find some blame for that you know who sinned in this scenario mm -hmm. his mother or his father you know uh, i feel like we often see sin as if it's weighed on a scale of some kind Mm -hmm. you know like like this sin is heavier or weightier than that sin Mm -hmm. and i think what he's saying here is Sin is sin in my book, and it's going to require payment. Mm-hmm. And either that payment's going to be Christ on the cross, or it's going to be your separation from me. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, I, what I love about Jesus when he interacts with people, he doesn't just like he, he took what they ask him about and he took it to a different level. But then he gives another illustration. He brings up a tower where 18 people died who were just out there doing their job. Mm -hmm. These were not people protesting against Pilate, you know, because that's what they were implicating. Say, you know, did these people bring that on by protesting? And he's saying, no, what about the 18 and, you know, where the Tower of Siloam fell Mm -hmm. on them? Um, You know, uh, do you think they were worse than other people who didn't die that day? Unless you, what, repent. repent. You and all likewise will perish. But then he throws in this story after that, the parable, actually. Remember, a parable is like a basket handle to carry truth, carry it, and and to be able to understand it. And so he told this, a man had a fig tree, you said, planted in a vineyard, but he didn't find any fruit on it. And he said, for three years now, I've come seeking fruit, and I'd find none. Three years was the normal amount of time that they would give it to produce that fruit. But there hasn't been any fruit. And uh, he was going to, this um, guy was going to tear it down. And he said, wait, let's leave it another year. And I, I believe what is coming out of that is he's saying, you know what? I'm a merciful God. Mm-hmm. Unless you repent and and you have an opportunity to repent as long as you're breathing, as long as you're here and you're aware, you can repent. And he's telling them this story to say, 
It's not going to be that way forever. There's going to come a time. So if you're listening today, maybe God's brought person after person after person in your life. And or you, calamity or, or after calam- calamity. Or, or whatever he's brought. Mm-hmm. But I, let's call them attention getters, whatever they yeah. are. Just trying to get you to be aware of your need for him. And you keep giving him the stiff hand, the stiff neck, the, you know, um, he's not going to allow that forever. Yeah. There will be a time where he says, okay, I, I've, I've given you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And we don't want to be those people. We want to be people that turn from trusting in our own leadership to trusting in his leadership. Brad, there's no safer place to be than in his leadership. Yeah. There, There is yeah. no shepherd like him. Yeah. There's no leader like him. Yeah. He is the most... Um, significant being that has ever existed and he wants us to be in relationship with him and it starts with this idea of his calling us to repentance jesus said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand well our responsibility is to respond to his sovereign regeneration his sovereign act of moving in us Mm -hmm. to help us see but we have also this responsibility to actually repent not just in word but though that repentance in uh our mind that produces the action and so few people are willing to really talk about that because they're afraid in fact brad there's been this controversy going on for a long time um you know uh, about well in the gospel of john he didn't even mention the word repentance. Right. And I want to, when we come back, I'd like a, you and I to go back and forth a little bit about a few verses there that even though it may not be there by name, it's there by uh, the actions of the people that and the teaching that he's talking about. Yeah. Yep. Look forward to it. We're going to take a break uh, for national news. Again, we're glad you've joined us on SWAT Radio. We want to hear from you today. Call us. Uh, the number is 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you're unable to call, we still want to hear from you. So feel free to email us with your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as Doug and I discuss this, this a little bit further, this idea of repentance. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We're glad you've joined us as we're teaching and discussing biblical repentance this week. We spent the last segment kind of working through this uh, Luke Luke passage here, and um, we're going to jump into some other stuff here. But uh, just want to let you know, we will take some calls during the last segment of our uh, broadcast today, and you can call us at 844-777-7928. So, uh, Get us on speed dial and you can give us a call. 
you know, Brad, if um, going back to that parable of the, the barren fig tree, one of the significant things about that particular parable is it didn't really give an ending to it. It didn't say mm-hmm. whether they came back. It just kind of right. said, if it should bear fruit, then good. If not, you can cut it down. But we don't know what happens. Well, when a Jewish listener is listening to that parable, he's trying to figure out who represents him in mm-hmm. the story or who he represents. Right. right. And so the the question is, what what's he going to do? Is he going to bear fruit? in keeping with repentance, Mm -hmm. or is he going to not bear fruit? Is he just going to be somebody who professes a love for Jesus as Messiah and belief that he's Messiah, or is he simply going to be somebody who wants to use Jesus for his own benefit, like Judas did, and like a lot of people do today? And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have tried to say that the Gospel of John doesn't talk about repentance, and repentance is a work that we're adding to salvation. And it's false. That That is just, a, it's, it's, it's bad teaching. It's bad teaching. It, I mean, it is true. John doesn't use the word repentance, mm-hmm. per se, in the book. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned this the other day, that Jesus doesn't say the word grace, but he talks about it a lot. He demonstrates it a lot. And so as you read through the Gospel of John, in John chapter 3, for instance, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he said, unless a man is what? Born again. Yeah. He can't be the same person. Mm-hmm. That's repentance. Right. right. <laughs> That's why right. you're, you're, you're going one way. What about the man on the cross? The man- was his act of repentance acknowledging, was it maybe even before when he rebuked the other prisoner well yeah well the, the, i think the the rebuke of the other prisoner not to get a sidetrack no here. no no the act of rebuking the other prisoner was fruit mm-hmm. right that was fruit I, of it repentance. was recognizing who this is the, the 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 repentant part was when he said we deserve what we're getting he doesn't yeah. jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom today you'll be with me in paradise well and this gets there. to the point we've been talking about doug is this isn't so many people say, well, repenting it's, is, is turning toward you know better behavior or getting your act together. How many people who listen who may be thinking, even like the fig tree analogy or fig tree parable, is, you know, someday I may give my life to Christ. Listen, we're not promised tomorrow. Yeah. You know, the idea that, you know, God's mercy will only extend so long uh, before he cuts that tree down well and i i think so it's a so it's a repentance is not just turning toward better behavior repentance is turning to christ well it is in fact i i I, in in the book the gospel according to jesus um let me see if i can find it now uh it was uh, martin luther martin luther uh wrote um Back in um, the fir- this is the first four theses of mm-hmm. the ninety five theses. First theses: Our Lord and Master Jesus Christ, in saying "Repent ye," meant the whole life of the faithful 
to be an act of repentance. That's what you talked about mm-hmm. the other day. Mm-hmm. The whole life, yeah. not just a one and done. Right. All right. Second, he says, this saying cannot be understood of the sacrament of penance, which is confession and absolution the priest used to charge for, which is administered by the priesthood. Yet he does not mean interior repentance only. Interior repentance is void if it does not externally produce different kinds of mortification or death of the flesh. In other words, if your life is not being changed by Jesus, are you truly repentant? Right. If you have unbroken patterns of sin, unrepentant patterns of sin that go for long, long periods of time, no remorse, no, no brokenness, you got to wonder, mm-hmm. are, are you really a true believer? And finally, he says, and so penance remains while self-hate remains. True interior penance, namely, right up into the kingdom, the entrance into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, until the day we die, we're recognizing more and more how sinful we are right. and how holy he is, yeah. how merciful he is. And so when we look at the Gospel of John, know the word repent may not be there, but Brad, read John 10, 26 through 28. John 10, yeah. <clears throat> 26 through 28. Um, let me start halfway through 25. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My my, sh- my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Mm. Okay, what is one of the marks of somebody who is a unbelieving person? Who 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 do they follow? Yeah, self. They follow themselves. Yeah. And so part of the change that takes place in the life of a true believer when they're repentant is they they move. They start the process, or God moves them from being self-led to Christ-led. They care more about what Jesus thinks they should be doing than what they think. Now, does that mean you don't blow it every now and then? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean, we, we, Brad and I have used this phrase a lot, it's not perfection, it's the direction. Are you, are you realizing and recognizing when you are the captain of your ship, mm-hmm. oh no, this is not where I want to be. You ever yeah. had those moments, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brad, where yeah. you where you choose to go against what you 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 kind of it's a gray area for mm-hmm. you, and you you go down that road and you go, oops, that was a bad choice. I shouldn't do that. Yeah, I I, I did that without even consulting him. I, this was all about me, and now I'm in a mind. I'm in a bind. Yeah, you know, right. Well, and to your point. Yeah, it's not perfection, it's direction, but it's also moving. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, you know, I can turn around in the middle of the street and not move. Mm-hmm. The idea is that I'm to move toward Christ. I'm to move toward his character. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not just a, oh, yeah, I recognize Jesus, but it's moving toward him. Well, if you look at the uh, Gospel of John, and we're going to go to John 15, Uh, and talk a little bit about that, what he says at the beginning. But, you know, even though John doesn't use the word repent um, as a verb, 
I want you to listen to some of the verbs he does use and think about this, how they embody repentance. One, he teaches that all true believers love the light. Well, do you love the light if you're an unbeliever? <laughs> no. No. So he says they love the light in John 3. They come to the light, John 3. They obey the Son. Remember, at the end of John chapter 3, he says, you know, anyone who believes in him will have eternal life, but those who do not obey him. So he makes obedience on par with confessing and believing in him. Hmm. And so um, he says that in John 3.36. He says practice the truth. In other words, your lifestyle is, is something that is different. You're practicing the truth. You're not living a life of lies. You worship in spirit and in truth, uh, John chapter 4. You honor God. You do good deeds, John chapter 5. You eat his flesh and drink his blood. What does that mean? Well, that means that you want everything he has to offer, and he is your sustenance. He is what gets you through the day. He's more important to you than food. Yeah. Uh, and, and so um, he, you love God. You follow Jesus, John 10, what you just read. And verse or chapter 14 says, if you love me, you'll what? Keep my commandments. All those are, are basically, they're different analogies for repentance or different things that repentance brings into our life, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't say the word. So when we think about, the life of following Christ before we repent, before we're true followers, we live for ourselves and we do everything. But read John 15, 1 through 5, of what it says when somebody mm-hmm. repents. This is their life yeah. that they lead, they lead. Read that. Yeah. Uh, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Go ahead and read verse 6, too. Yeah, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. So, again, John's not using the word repentance, but he's saying, my people, those that are not living for themselves anymore, those who recognize they need me, they're going to they're gonna abide in me in the same way that the the you know the the uh, the vine ab- abides to the root. Right. I mean, he is our root. Right. Right. And and if we think we can live independently of the root, what happens to a root, a vine, when you pull it away from the root? Yeah. It dies. It dies. Yeah. It and dies. It, it, it withers. It, it withers. <laughs> and you read earlier. You said nothing. We can't be snatched from his hand if we're truly his. Mm-hmm. But repentance. Is not just feeling sorry. It's not just being upset because we talked about uh, Pharaoh and Saul. And when we come back out, how, how does this really impact us? What do we look 
What does this look like in our life, Brad? I'd like to go over that with you a yep. little bit. Yep, sounds good. SWAT Radio, come back. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. You know, so often, Doug, you and I have more good conversation during the break. So, uh, listen, if you're new to SWAT Radio and wondering what we're all about, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. We are a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Jesus Christ. By the way, this broadcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the many SWAT Bible studies for men, go to SWATradio.com. In fact, there you can go back and listen to past broadcasts. Uh, But you can also click on the SWAT Meetings tab, uh, and you can see where we are meeting coming up here in about two weeks. So uh, we'd love to have you join us in person. If you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the Support tab for further information. By the way, the phone lines are open for the last segment of the day, and we would love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. You know, Brad, we were talking about, before we went to break, the the practical outworking of repentance. What, what does it look like for us? Well, there's a mm-hmm. great passage in the Bible in Luke 19, and I, I, I want to close out or, or actually begin this last segment mm-hmm. with you just reading God's Word. This is a life change this is a repentant man this is someone who was walking away from god he he was not following god's purpose he was living independent he had a problem he was self-righteous he was self-led he ignored god's rightful place of leadership and jesus was on the scene and he recognized him and when he recognized him he responded by 
turning from trusting in himself to him. And it was radical. So read Luke 19, uh, this story yeah. of Zacchaeus. <clears throat> what a great story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Many of our listeners are familiar with this story. But it says he entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was in, he was small of stature. And so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is such a great illustration of a repentant life. And it's also a great illustration of the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. Because Zacchaeus, yes, he heard about this Jesus. Yes, he was going to see uh, who this man was, this prophet and, you know, his name actually means righteous one. Zacchaeus means righteous one. And he ran ahead, which, one, you didn't do in that culture as mm-hmm. a man. Men did not run. <clears throat> Children ran. Mm-hmm. And what did Jesus say? you got to become like a little child. So yeah. <laughs> he is fascinated, curious to go see who this Jesus is. And notice what Jesus said um, in verse Five. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. He says, for I must. Yeah. The Greek word there means something that is, um, it is, it is under compulsion. Now, now think about that. Hmm. Jesus says, I must go to your house. Why? Because Zacchaeus was a child of Abraham. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus was chosen by God. Yeah. Was he living like one chosen by God? No. Was he uh, living with the um, the benefits of that? No. He wasn't even living really with the knowledge of that. He felt rejected by every other person that would call himself a child of Abraham. Why? Because he was greedy. He had a lot of money. His whole life was about that. And Jesus said, I got to go to your house today. You don't see Zacchaeus pray a prayer. He didn't pray some sinner's prayer. He just, it says he hurried and came down. Mm-hmm. And what did he, and I love what it says. He received him joyfully. Yeah. Yeah. P- people, that is repentance. Mm-hmm. That is, it, it's not that you got to say a fancy prayer, be led in some kind of, you know, I did this, I did that. He recognized who Jesus was his need for him, and it just says he forgot about all that. All he was focused on was Jesus. And so he went there, and then you see the evidence of the internal when he says, listen, half my goods I'm giving to the poor. And he said, 
if I've defrauded them of anything, I'm going to restore it fourfold. In other words, four times as much. That that was much more than was required by Jewish law. He wasn't a legalist. He wasn't just doing. He was saying, man, if I've defrauded, I don't care about this stuff anymore. I'm with you. I, I, I'm a new believer. I'm a new creation, like Paul says in Second Corinthians. Man, all things are new, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a different person. It's not about the money anymore. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you bringing up the fact that uh, there's regeneration before the act of obedience. Mm-hmm. There, there is. I, I, this reminds me of the story that we looked at earlier in the week of Levi, you know, where Jesus calls him. And uh, Levi invites Jesus into his house. And in this case, Jesus invites himself into Zacchaeus' house. And uh, I, I just, I love this story. Uh, I, the other thing that just stands out to me and, and, you know, is, is the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. in choosing Zacchaeus. The sovereignty of God in choosing Levi. Mm-hmm. And uh, G- Jesus obviously did not make tax collectors feel like they were beyond building a friendship with. Mm-hmm. And you look at the hypocrites, the Pharisees, who are what? What are they doing? They're grumbling again. <laughs> this guy hangs out with sinners. Mm-hmm. What a challenge that is even for us. You know, you want to lead some people to Christ? Go hang out with some sinners. Oh, my goodness. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we talk about evangelism. We talk about this process of sharing the gospel God's plan, man's problem, God's provision, man's response. Go meet with some sinful people. Hang around with them. You know, at one of the things I remember John Mazel used to say all the time, if you want to be rich, you got to be poor. I mean, this he got it from mm-hmm. the Bible. If you want if you want to be alive, you got to die. And you know, all the people thought that Zacchaeus had all this money, but he was spiritually bankrupt. He was, he was, he was, he had nothing. He, he had this huge hole that needed that relationship with God that he was created for. And Jesus gave him the best gift in the whole world. He said, I must go to your house. Can you imagine that? Jesus saying, I'm, hey, I got to go to your house tonight. And, and I hope you notice he wasn't saved because he said, you know, I'm going to give everything back. Jesus said he was coming to his house beforehand. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did he say? He says salvation has come to this house since he's a son of Abraham. Not because of what he did, but because of what God did, what Jesus did. He was saved because he responded by faith uh, to the words Christ said to him. He trusted him. And then he gave evidence to that by then going and saying, you know what? If I've I've messed up and stolen from you, which he had, we know he had, right? Uh, he had to restore it, and he had to add one fifth to it. So that's only twenty percent. Mm-hmm. But he's saying no, four times what I've right. taken. Right. And and so I just wonder. You ever wonder about stuff like this? If like maybe Levi witnessed to him, or he saw Levi's life and goes, "Man, something's going on with that guy." Because I used to see him at right. the, all the tax collector exactly. meetings, conferences. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think I, I love that that Jesus came to seek and save. So, you know, some Doug would say that Zacchaeus was a quote seeker. He was yeah. a seeker. 
Yeah. Of course, we know that Scripture tells us that no one seeks God. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus was curious. Is what that that was the note that I took is that Zacchaeus was curious. You know, I think about sporting events where you can get close enough where you can see your your guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Imagine, you know, Tiger Woods looking at you saying, "Hey, Doug." <laughs> I'm coming to your house tonight. Well, well, but totally. And I'm not trying to compare that. I'm just saying that Zacchaeus was not seeking God mm-hmm. here. He was curious. He was curious. And people are curious when they see you radically changed. But but Jesus went from being something curious to being his master. He yeah. said, hey, <clears throat> come down, hurry and come down mm-hmm. because I'm going to your house. And what does it say he did? Verse 6. So he hurried and came down. Right. He was obedient. And, Jesus, he didn't have to. He could have been, who, me? Yeah. No, I, I'm too bad. He could have started throwing all those things out that people do so often. Like, I had one guy on an airplane one time say to me, it's too late for me. I've, mm-hmm. I've ruined my life so much God can't save me. And you know what? Self-pity is just another form of pride. That's all it is. It's just a different form. But... God is big enough to save anybody, anytime that he wants to. Receive and, him joyfully. Yeah. That's what, what Zacchaeus did. Yeah. yeah. Hey, tomorrow, Brad, we got Jake Prince. Yeah, ro- gonna rodeo, rodeo star. Yeah, he's going to be on. It's a repeat, but a great story there of a repentant life yes. and how God changed his life. I hope you'll join us. And then Brad you got a special guest coming on Friday. Who's going to be here with you Friday? I do. I'm going to have Brian Doyle from Iron Sharpens Iron. I hope you'll tune in. Uh, I'm looking forward to listening to Jake tomorrow and uh, and then Brian Doyle with me in the studio on Friday. And then on Monday, an interview with John Rutherford because it's Labor oh, Day. Labor Day. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Doug, I'll see you on Tuesday. Tuesday of next week talking about faith next week. Amen. Until then, advance truth. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual